You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Johnine. How's your week been? Let me tell you something. These people in Texas, they're just straight up crazy. So my week has been pretty long and we've been talking about how we're going to handle the fact that people aren't wearing masks anymore and we're bracing ourselves for people to be crazy and for the COVID numbers in our pregnant population to go sky high. So it's been stressful because we're trying to figure out what exactly we're going to do. (laughs) That's what we've been trying to do. Other than that, it's been okay. I've been on call. It's been okay. Have you seen more COVID patients so far? No, not so far. So right now, you know, Wednesday, we just is when our governor decided he would open the state back up. And people are like, oh, he opened the state back up just so people can hurry up and get vaccinated because they were scared. No, that would have been a dumb reason to open the state back up. So he just announced that Wednesday. So we haven't seen a, an increased risk um, yet, but we're, we're bracing ourselves, right? Because usually it'll take two to three weeks for us to start seeing the increased numbers. So y'all hear about this two or three weeks from now. (laughs) Oh, God. I hope that a lot of people do get vaccinated and, you know, that COVID is on the downswing because people have been staying home. So the numbers won't increase. I don't necessarily believe that that's what's going to happen, but I really do hope that that's what happens. So what you been doing this week, Janine? (sighs) This week has actually been super busy. Like work has been mad crazy. And normally it's like when outside is open, when work is crazy, it comes in short spurts. But now that outside is not open here in Maryland, um, you know, work just comes. It's just like one continuous day, it seems right. Like it literally is like as soon as one event is planned, then we're on to the next one and sometimes they're two and three at the same time so it's it's a lot it really is a lot but I'm appreciative that I'm still gainfully employed and I'm appreciative that you know everyone is healthy because like you said it could be that people had COVID so nope everyone is doing good and a lot of people are vaccinated including my family members so I'm super excited about that so now I'm the only one that has to get the vaccine and when I'm 
able to get the vaccine, I will get it. I said that to say that we don't just talk about this vaccine. Nicole is fully vaccinated and I will get the vaccine when I'm eligible. Yes, and everybody should get the vaccine. Let me tell you something about this COVID thing, right? You want to be outside. You want to be flourishing. You want to travel again. You want to meet your friends and family again. Get yourself vaccinated because nobody has time for you to get COVID. And you can get COVID twice. Contrary to belief, people are like, oh, I got COVID one time. I'm immune forever. Lies from the pits of hell. That is not true. (laughs) That is not true. And immunity only lasts you a couple of months, two, three months. And then you back out there. What exposed? I call it naked, naked. And some people out there, naked face. Like you for real out there, naked face. For some reason, Mm -hmm. even to not wear a mask outside, I'm like, well, well, I'm naked face. What am I going to do? Because we're so used to having the mask on now and you know the numbers are going to go up. So I'm always like, oh my God, I'm I mean, I'm naked face. Where's my mask? Where's like a little fiend? Like, where's mm-hmm. my mask? Where's my? I gotta get my mask on now. So y'all go get vaccinated so we can go back out naked faced and Hello. show our pearly whites and go to the dentist and get cleaning. You know, that's what's gonna go up whenever the, whenever the cities start opening back up. The dentist is gonna be on and popping because people <laughs> people y'all not taking care of y'all's dental hygiene like y'all supposed to be. You know, you haven't gone to the dentist. You're scared to go in there and open your mouth for a long period of time. I know it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> You're scared to open your mouth. That's all right. But as soon as this pandemic is over, I'm telling you, I'm going to get whitening and a deep clean <laughs> because I haven't been right for the last year. 2020. Yep. No, no cleanings. That's well, bad. But well, let me tell you this. I did go to the dentist in 2020 and I just actually received a card in the mail saying that I have an appointment in April and I plan on going. I do. As you should. And there's no reason for I me not to I need my teeth now. to get cleaned. <laughs> no, I, listen, I completely get that. I'm fully vaccinated. I have been vaccinated since when my, was my second shot. My second shot was, was January 5th. I have no excuse. I'm trifling. Yes, I am. <laughs> I have not gotten my teeth cleaned. It's um, okay. <laughs> We're not judging over here. We're not judging. Listen. We are not judging. Let me tell you something. You would be surprised. People who make regular dental appointments, meaning annual dental appointments or semi-annual dental appointments, the the percentage of the population is very small, Nicole. So we're not judging over here. Listen, I used to have Invisalign. I have no excuse. I was going literally every six weeks to the dentist like clockwork. And now I'm like going to have to start Invisalign probably over. (laughs) Or do braces really? or something. Yeah, because once you get through with all the trays, you get the, um, what do they call it? These like attachments taken off. Mm-hmm. And then you have this like permanent tray that you're supposed to wear at night. I mean, obviously I have not been doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, screw it. I'm just, I've just wasted my money. It was, it is experiment for a while. But <laughs> if you're a dentist and you're listening to this, you're in the Houston area, you know, let me know where you at. Cause I do need a new dentist. Cause I did move here from Indy. <laughs> just saying. If you're a dentist and you're not in the Houston area and you would like to take care of Nicole, please just let her know. Cause <laughs> If you all have seen Nicole's teeth, we're not exactly sure what she's using Invisalign for, but okay. Her teeth Listen, are we all, perfectly straight. We all have these we all have these little bitty tweaks we want to make, little bitty tweaks. But that's okay. I'm going to get back on the right track. Okay. Little bitty for little bitty tweaks, you're going to go through Invisalign again? Yeah, girl. <laughs> I want my teeth. Listen, I want to be able to smile real big and people say, "Oh, look at that smile." Yep, I do. I'm sure that people say that now, Nicole. Yeah, but wait till they see me after I get this dental work. <laughs> done. Just wait. It's going to be a hot girl summer. I can already tell this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl. We talked about snatch last week. <laughs> y'all. Mm, so you're going to get snatched and these perfect teeth, Nicole. You oh, know what? Lord. Give me a couple months to think about it. But, you know, you can't be getting the body right and then have like your mouth not, not right. I'm just saying. I agree. 
I agree. But who child? I can't I cannot imagine what this summer will be like, but I'm here for it all. Whatever comes with the hot girl summer, I'm here for all of it. But you know, it's probably not gonna be like a hot girl twenty twenty one summer. Like let's be real, we're not gonna be all out. But like hot girl twenty twenty two summer, like a oh that's deep tour summer. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying that sounds like a great idea to me. Can invite the friends out to play. Let's, hey, let's do it. Yes, we'll all be with big smiles and two pieces. <laughs> I don't know about two pieces. I wear one piece. Hold on, one piece. One piece. Uh, 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 not after we get snatched. If, if, if we're getting snatched, we're showing off what we snatched. Like we're not about to get snatched and then cover it up. That sounds crazy. You can be snatched in a one piece. You can definitely be snatched in a one piece. <sighs> okay. We could take a poll on this. One piece versus two piece. Let's see. Listen, I, I'm, I'm over 35. What's I'm that mean? I'm 40. J-Lo you know is how old? Can't, but how old yeah, is J-Lo Angela Bassett? You how right, old you is right, Vivica but, Fox? But for me, I do a one piece. I've done a one piece forever. Don't worry. It's sexy with it. I'm sexy with it, but it's I'm still sure. one piece. But I'm saying that like, you know, before we hit 40, we should just be walking around like, you know, mid-drift out. We... Listen, we're going to have to go to hedonism for that. I need to go where everybody else looks a little bit worse than me. Because have y'all been to hedonism? I mean, hedonism will make you confident, right? You got people Hello. walking around, barely hanging, stuff is wiggling and jiggling, and they're they okay. Nicole, they let me tell up. you something. I agree with you 100% on that. Everybody who goes to these kinds of places, hedonism or any other sort of nude beach, if you want a sudden jolt of confidence, go Go to a nude beach. Let me tell you why. Because everyone that has everything that you are self-conscious about on your body times 10, that's who's there. And that's who is walking around proud. Ultimate body positivity. Amen. (laughs) Ultimate. All right, Janine, what's on your timeline this week? Okay, so I don't know if you know, because we never talked about this, but one of my favorite couples, Russell Wilson and Sierra, are on the cover of GQ magazine this month. For those who don't know, could possibly be living under a rock. Russell Wilson is the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, and Sierra is a singer, songwriter, dancer, and model, and now a Weight Watchers ambassador, I think. Um, yes, which she is, is. Which is surprising, because she has, like, the perfect body. But, you know, whatever. I'll buy Weight Watchers from her, just saying. So they were on the cover of what was considered the modern lovers issue of GQ magazine. And according to the title of the article, Russell Wilson and Sierra make the perfect couple. And honestly, Nicole, after reading the article, I really do think they are the perfect couple. They really are, though. Aren't they? They're super attractive, uber attractive, right? They're superstars, both of them, in their respective fields. They have these extraordinary careers. But aside from all of that, right? Aside from that, there are 32 million followers. And the article said they have 10 people that work for them, 10 full-time staffers. So aside from all of that, they seem to have a pretty normal life. Here are some things that they do that I thought were super cute. So every morning they pray together and they said that they spend almost every day together when they're not working, right? And they have regular date nights and Russell even sends inspirational videos to their kids when he's not, like when he's away at practice or for games. They make a concerted effort basically to make sure that while they're working, they don't spend longer than five to seven days. They didn't, they couldn't really decide how long the longest was, but five to seven days without each other. 
And they also do this really cute thing where they say each week they check check in with each other and say, how did I love you this week? So I thought that was super cute. So they seem pretty normal, right? Um, but while their relationship does seem unbreakable, it hasn't come without its challenges. So if you remember when Russell Wilson and Sierra first started dating back in 2015, Sierra was going through that really nasty custody battle with Future. Do you remember that? Yes. I don't know why she went to the hood him, but okay. <laughs> Well, I said what I said. Okay. So, so I think that little future was about nine months when they met and big future was taking Sierra through the ringer. But Russell Wilson says in the interview that through all of this, one of the things that he learned or one of the greatest lessons that he learned was how to have a relationship with little future. He goes on to discuss the like super intricate, delicate nature of their relationship. He said, and I quote, the reality of being a step parent is that biologically they're not necessarily yours, but in reality they are yours. Um, and then you, he said that you should love them as such, right? He said, um, they're almost like your own blood in a way. He said, you get to love them the way that they need to be loved. And he goes on to say that he thinks that every kid deserves that and needs that and yearns for that, which I thought was super cute. That is cute. But you, let's go back to future. Okay. Because okay. I said that Sierra went and got him from the hood. I shouldn't have said that, but I said what I said and I'm not taking it back. <laughs> even though I just said I shouldn't have said that. Now I say that because if you know me, you know that if you call me in my car, I'm probably going to be listening to Drake or Future, right? Because I like Future's music. Like as an artist, I think he's phenomenal. But let's be real. He has a track record of woman abuse. He has all these different baby mamas that all think that he's going to marry him. And he all play, he plays all of them. And they're all running back to him, except for Sierra, who's like, wait a minute. Bitch, I'm a superstar too. Mm -hmm. Who you think you are? And she bounced and upgraded on him quick. I mean, you upgraded one of the only black quarterbacks in the league. Oh, props to you, girl. I'm props not mad at you. it. And look how and cute their little he was family so salty. is. Well, yeah, you yeah. think that he was salty because she was upgrading or you think that he was salty because she wasn't he was running salty. back? He was salty because she upgraded. Think about it. You don't see him dragging everybody else through the custody ringer. You don't see him, him doing that to all the other baby mamas. That's true. Because they're not upgraded. They're still running after him and thinks that he's the best thing since sliced bread. Sierra's moved on, literally upgraded yeah. to somebody that looks better, that's more professional, <laughs> that actually has a relationship with God, not saying the future doesn't, but obviously Russell does have an outward relationship with God that he very much so discusses mm -hmm. in public often. And he's paid more money. I mean, so yeah. she's upgraded on all accounts. Yeah, Listen. and I think that he's a very good father figure for little future, right? Like yeah. I see like their blended family is super adorable, right? And also you see that they make a really concerted effort to intentionally work on their relationship, right? Like you, I mean, even from, and I know you can't really go on social media, but even from social media, like you'll see that they have that little future and Russell have a really good relationship. If you did not know, I would think that you would think that Russell was his biological father. Like that's literally how their relationship appears to me. What do no, you I agree. I definitely agree. And I think that might make future a little salty too. Hopefully by now, He's gotten over it, but he's made some small remarks over the years, even after they had the, the their own child together. He's made some small remarks. So I just want him to like, you know, I want Future to be happy too. find you somebody that's going to help 
settle you down, stop having you run in the streets, find somebody that, that'll, that'll help ground you. But he has to be ready for that because right. obviously Sierra was trying to help him, but he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Right. I agree. But then she got a really good stepdad for baby future. And she did. And and, and seemed, they're both very humble, which, is, which I can appreciate. And it yeah. seems like their relationship, I think that Russell Wilson and baby future's relationship is almost as perfect as his relationship with Sierra. Like, I feel like, you know how they say they come as a, you know, you and your children come as a package deal. I feel like he package really deal. embodied that. And he was like, look, I, both like I'm going to be the father to baby future and a husband to Sierra. And I think he's doing an amazing job. Kudos to him. I do, too. I do, too. So now, you know, that's a nice, perfect family. But now let's talk through some scenarios about how these stand-up children can affect our marriages. Why don't we? (sighs) Okay, Nicole, go ahead and give it to us. Let's talk through this one. All right. So, yeah, well, let's talk through this one. And, you know, when we put it out there that we were having an episode about children and how the children affect your marriage... We got this letter and it says, Dear Nicole and Janine, I need help with this one. I feel like my stepchild is ruining my marriage. Let's call her Cindy for today. Cindy, my husband's only child, was 14 years old when I married her dad. At first, I thought she was quiet, but she always seemed nice enough. We bonded quickly when my husband and I were dating. We would get Manny Petties together and watch movies when she came over to visit. However, as she got older, she started having issues with her mother. As a side note, her mother doesn't talk to me or my husband. She communicates via text only. One day, my husband received a text that said, Cindy is coming to live with us. Two hours later, she was on our front porch with a bag. Her mom drove off without saying a word. Hesitantly, I accepted that she was moving in, but asked my husband to lay some ground rules. She was 17 years old at that time. Despite being given chores and rules, she would often not clean up after herself and stayed up all night arguing with her boyfriend. One night, she even threatened to kill herself. So we took her to the hospital. She was discharged the next day and agreed to go to counseling. Now, she often walks around blaming us for her problems snapping at me and my husband. The last straw was when she was arguing with the same boy at 2 a.m. because he broke up with her. Now I had to go to work the next morning, so I asked my husband to handle it. My husband went to calm her down, but the screaming got louder. So I got up to see what was going on. She proceeded to curse us both out, telling us to get out of her room and then push me into the wall. I was in disbelief until she started charging back at me and hit me in my face. I reacted, pinning her to the ground, telling her I would kick her A SS. <laughs> my husband pulled me off of her. I went back to my room. He must have fell asleep on the sofa because... The next morning, he wasn't in bed and no one was there. He called me at work and told me that Cindy was going back to her mother's house. He didn't speak with me for almost a week. He said he couldn't believe I put my hands on his daughter. Now it's been a few months and things are getting back to normal. However, Cindy is now arguing with her mother again and asking to move back in. My husband says he doesn't want to turn his back on his only child. She's now 18 years old and plans to go to college soon. So my husband wants to allow her to stay here until she starts. I don't want this to happen. 
what should I do? Okay. First of all, that's a lot to unpack. So I'm going to take it piece at a time. The first piece is there needs to be a conversation between you and your husband. And this conversation needs to go as follows. I'm not ever going to ask you to turn your back on your child, but I'm not going to be disrespected in my own home. That is just how this is going to go. So if you feel like we cannot cohabitate, then you need to make a decision. Her husband needs to make a decision. He's either going to make the decision of you are going to reprimand your child, 18 or not, you're going to reprimand your child and make sure that I'm not disrespected in my home or your child is not permitted to stay here. That's point blank period. But as long as I'm your wife, there's not going to be a time where it's acceptable for your child to be disrespectful to me. And that's just it. That's the first part. The second part is Cindy, as we are calling her, clearly has some emotional issues, right? So I think, and this is just me personally, and I'm not an expert, nor do I profess to be. I think that she needs some psychological counseling because the arguing with the boyfriend, the breaking up with the boyfriend that causes the, these knockdown drag out fights in your home that can't get along with the mom then comes to your house. And it's a lot of back and forth. And it clearly indicates to me that there's some sort of instability there. That instability needs to be addressed. She's not ever going to be at peace at your home. She's not going to be at peace at her mother's home. She's not even going to be at peace when she goes to school if she does not address whatever this is that's calling, causing her to be unstable. That's just is what it is. Get her some help. Tell your husband, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll compromise. Maybe she can come in, but we're going to have to lay these ground rules and maybe she needs to go get help first. Six months is a long time to feel like you're not comfortable in your own home. So before you say, hey, you know, maybe I'm okay with this, you really need to think about what could potentially happen. And I'm not saying to, you know, think the worst, but really think about what could potentially happen. And if your husband and you are not on the same page, that might be a bigger problem in your marriage. I don't know. This sounds like you need to have a conversation with your husband and maybe all of you all need to go to therapy. And I know that you said that the ex-wife doesn't or the mother, Cindy's mom doesn't talk to your husband or you. But look, we if we're going to raise good, decent human beings, sometimes we have to put our differences aside as adults and do what's best for the children. That's all I'm saying. But we need to get some help in this this situation. What do you think, Nicole? No, I agree. I mean, help needs to be had all around, right? So the first thing that sort of kind of pissed me off about the letter was the aside. I, the mom doesn't talk to me or my husband. Why? She, why does she have a problem with you? Like, did you steal the husband? Like, what is going on there that you can't have a conversation with this man's baby mama? Like, I don't understand that. And she can't have a conversation with your husband. They still have to have a, a relationship regardless of you and him or you and her they need to be able to co-parent together. So why can't they have a conversation? Why can't y'all get on the same page? And to me, it was mad disrespectful for her to send a text like, oh, I don't know if you're home or not. I don't know if this is okay or not. I'm not going to give you time to talk to your wife or not, but I'm going to have this girl on your step in two hours with the bag. I'm not asking, I'm telling. Why is this woman running y'all's household so this child can just, boom, be at your doorstep. I understand that that's his daughter, but again, that wasn't the arrangement. That's not what y'all agreed on going into your marriage. So you still have to touch and agree and figure out what's going to happen because now all of a sudden you have to change everything that you're doing. She dropped her off. So that means she doesn't have a car. Is she going to school? Who's dropping her off in the morning? 
who's making sure she's she's fed? Does she have dietary restrictions? So now you got to change your daily habits. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but that's something that y'all should have communicated first so that you can get on the same page and make a plan, okay? So the, the girl's just sort of like, there y'all looking at her like what are you doing here she probably feels uncomfortable because she knows that she's just popping up so that's creating a little fiasco there too and then why is it that this girl feels like she has the authority to yell at anybody why does she feel like she can get chores and duties and just not do them how long did you let her go breaking the rules because the first time she broke the rules if you gave her chores it needs to be hey Right there, this is a rule, this is a broken rule. Where giving your cell phone. Like, what are the consequences of her breaking the rules? And it seems like she must not have any if she's still waking y'all up at two or three in the morning. Are you with the boyfriend on the phone? Then she's threatening to kill herself. So my thing is, is she seeking attention or is she really threatening? Either way, attention seeking and suicidal ideation, they're both bad and you don't know what to believe. So she definitely needs to go to counseling and I feel like y'all all need to go to counseling because even if y'all had a perfect relationship and you could talk to the mom the meaning Cindy's mom that's still a lot to deal with to know what to say when you have a child that is threatening to harm themselves but now that she's going back to her mom I would let her stay there I don't think the solution is for her to keep on running from house to house she needs to be in one place that's stable and it seems like she doesn't get along with either one of the sets of parents. So what's the point of her moving back with y'all? She's not getting along with the mom. She wasn't getting along with y'all. So she needs to just stay there, go to counseling. And then once she's out of high school, she can get her own place. She can get her own place. And you guys can talk about how you, meaning collectively as a, a parent squad, meaning the mom, her biological mom, you as the stepmom and your husband are going to help support her as she starts college. Because the solution of moving, bouncing back and forth, well, she can get an argument with you, go back to her mom, get an argument with her mom, come back to you. No, we're not doing that. We're going to stay in one place. You're going to go to counseling and figure out why are you so angry with everyone? Because if you're not getting along with everybody, the problem is not everybody. The problem is you. So you need to get counseling. She needs to get counseling for herself to figure out what's what's hurting her deeper because she's not getting along with the boyfriend. She's not getting along with the you or the step parents. She's not getting along with her biological parents. My God, should this little girl is screaming for help, but I don't think that the solution is just to move her back in. Let's think of some longer term solutions. And I don't think you should put that on your husband like, hey, you're going to have to choose. I do think you should have a come to Jesus and say, I don't feel comfortable with her in my house. And I, and let's get on the same page. You're mad at me for what? For defending myself? Because we need to be either team us or we need to go to counseling until we can become team us because you need to understand that we're not enemies. We are the same team. So this is not you mad at me for what I did with the stepchild. All I did was pin her down. Yes, I cursed at her, but I reacted. And anybody that gets hit in the face is going to react. You cannot control my reaction. You always hmm. say you can't control somebody's reaction. You can't. So he needs to get on the boat or get off the boat. But I do think that y'all need to get on the same page when it comes to how you're going to support one another and then decide how you're going to support this child without her moving back into your home. Because once you don't feel comfortable, your house should not be a place of contention. You should not dread 
coming in your own house. Like that's just set up for a divorce, right? Hello. I mean, that's Bible, right? It Man is. Man dwell on the rooftop than, than dwell with a contentious woman. Hello. Same thing goes for the child. I mean, Hello. it's a household that they don't want to walk into. So you, if you, you tell your husband, hey, I don't want this. It shouldn't be, I want to support. I'm not going to turn my back on, on my child. I'm not asking you to. But what I'm asking you to do is support our marriage and what we're building. And let's find a way beside her coming in here I feel threatening me. Let's find a way to support her outside of her coming here. So I think that that needs to be the conversation. I agree. But I think that one of the most important things that you said is there needs to be some structure. The two o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. the fighting, the bouncing back and forth. There just needs to be some structure. And it seems and, you know, I'm not making any judgment, but it seems based on what you've written us that there was a lack of structure somewhere along the line. And now it seems to have spiraled out of control. And in addition to that, it seems like there needs to be some sort of psychological help as well. So this is just the perfect storm. And like Nicole said, we're not asking you to confront your husband and give him an ultimatum. It's either her or me. That's not what we're asking. But you do need to lay down some ground rules for your home. And if you and your husband can't come to some sort of agreement, then you might you know, you might need to think about where this marriage is going and if it's going Because like Nicole said, you don't want to be in a home where you feel uncomfortable and you're the one paying the bills. I mean, I'm sure your husband is helping you, but like, absolutely not. But the child's not paying the bills is the point. And that's the point. And when you're not paying no bills, you can't dictate, you can't break rules. It's all like they told you you had chores and they gave you guidelines. Obviously, this must have been a guideline that you broke because if both of them got to go to work in the morning, you don't have to go to work in the morning. You're waking everybody else up. Now they can't be productive at work the next day because you're yelling and fussing at two, three in the morning. And now everybody's up all night. You're messing with the money now. We need to know. We can't mess with the money. And mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, maybe it is a cry for help, right? Like maybe she is a t- attention seeking. And maybe it's because, you know, we've talked about this before as well. You know, teenage relationships, when they go wrong, you don't they don't know always know how to express what's going on in the relationship. And it seems like this relationship with this boy seems a little bit volatile. Maybe it's not healthy. Maybe it is abusive. Maybe that's something that you need to look into. Maybe, you know, there's so many different factors in this situation that it's like, you know what? The best start here sounds like some sort of professional help. Absolutely. And now that the boy is broken up with her, maybe this is a way to start over, figure out what did happen in that relationship and encourage her not to go back there and get her counseling to figure out if she was abused in the relationship. But there has to be, there's something else going on there if you can move from house to house and have just reckless relationships with all of your authority figure. Mm -hmm. Something else is going on there. Absolutely. We hope that you seek counseling and we hope that it all works out. But please, please get help for for Cindy and for you and for your husband. And if his ex is open to it, she can come along too. everybody. Counseling can't hurt. So why don't we just start there? Not she can't come. She needs to come along. Like somebody needs to start being a little bit more direct in this relationship. Yeah, but they said like, they don't speak. She, so I that's I, here's the thing. Yeah, I but, don't want to put another thing, hurdle on our listener because it's like she already has to deal with the stepdaughter. She already has to deal with the husband. Somebody else's responsibility need to be that mama. 
Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. But, but my thing is step one, you and your husband get on the same page. Y'all go to counseling. Once y'all get on the same page, then step two, you got to bring the other parent in. The other parent has got to be in this. If they are receptive to it. But if they're not receptive to it, what can you do? You have to do the best with, you know, work with what you have. I got you. She sounds like a jerk, Nicole. Like she dropped her child off on their doorstep and rolled off without saying anything. She doesn't sound like she's very cooperative. So as opposed to fighting. And and you know what? That could be the child's problem. Honestly, like not to rag on the ex, but it sounds like the mama could be the issue. So who knows? Look, it's everyone should go to counseling. Everyone that can and is willing and available. All of you all go to counseling. However, if the other parties are not willing and available, you and your husband start bring the child along. And then after that, we pray for the the best for the mama. All right, Janine. So what's your scenario? Okay, so this one says, hi, ladies. I know you two are married, but I'm not sure if you have stepchildren, but I'm sure that you can give me some real advice. My husband and I have been married for six years and I have two bonus babies. Well, they're not actually babies. They're grown. One of my stepdaughters is 22 and the other is 19. They're both very smart and beautiful young ladies. They are both in school and they're doing well for themselves. I don't have any real problems out of them, but they're young. So they find themselves in a fair share of situations. Recently, my 19 year old stepdaughter decided to quit the basketball team without letting my husband or her mother know. She is on a basketball scholarship. Her mother thinks that she should rejoin the team if permitted. And if not, she said that she would be on her own for paying for school. My husband feels like if she doesn't want to go back on the team, she shouldn't have to. And he said that he's willing to take on the burden of the $56,000 a year tuition. I disagree with my husband and surprisingly agree with his ex. I just don't think that we should have the sole responsibility of paying for this $56,000 tuition for the next three years. Ladies, how can I show my husband that he needs to make his daughter take responsibilities for her actions without causing a rift in my marriage? So um, I would have like a little extravaganza. And I always think that conversations between married folks is always better in the bed. Let's be clear. Okay. And so I would set up a nice little entanglement. I would give a back rub after I ran a hot bath. We take a bath. We hee hee ha ha. We get a couple glasses of wine and I would just bring it up. I would say, you know, I was was thinking about, you know, our daughter and, you know, I just, I'm just thinking when I was in college, like how I would have, you know, if I had the option to just stop doing something, you know, I would stop doing it. Like, why don't we encourage her to continue her efforts? Like maybe she's discouraged because something is going on. Like maybe let's find out what's going on first before we automatically knee jerk and agree to pay for her college. I would start there. Like let's, let's provide help. Let's support. Let's find out why she wants to quit. And then we can talk about whether or not that's a legit reason because we don't really know why, right? So let's find out why. So my thing is I would just literally try to figure out if it's the right move because I wouldn't say, hey, we're not paying for your stanky daughter's college. I mean, because that's what it sounds like right now, right? Like, what? We're going to give her 57 plus thousand dollars. That's money I can go shopping with. That's what it sounds like, right? We don't want to be that person. We don't. But 
the mother, the biological mother, seems to think that the, the daughter needs to take responsibility, I would definitely say, hey, maybe she has a point. Sort of being the bridge between the biological mother and your husband. Because realistically, it's your money that's going out the door as well, right? So you don't want to jump on him too hard, especially if their relationship is not one that's collegial, right? So if they're arguing, he may be saying stuff just in spite of the wife, right? Mm-hmm. But if y'all are on the same page, perhaps you can be the bridge. Like, you know, babe, she really does have a point. But I would go the the I would go the route of finding out why. Like, hey, let's not jump to let's not give her such an easy out. Like, let's find out why. Like, if she wants to quit, perhaps she does. She thinks she's not good enough. Like, has she been told she has to quit? Like, let's find out why. Because at the end of the day, once you found out why she wants to quit, you may support her quitting as well if you knew why. Perhaps she's getting harassed on the team, or you know, perhaps she's uh you know getting mistreated or abused in some way you don't want her to be in that type of situation and you don't want her to feel like she doesn't have it out but if she's just quitting because she's tired she doesn't like it anymore well we all do things that we don't necessarily like but you need to do it and get this money and then you can go and do something else besides that we're not asking you to be a professional ball player Mm -hmm. we're just asking you to finish the degree but i would go the route of trying to find out why and and telling your husband to encourage her to um try harder and maybe she's just going through some stuff right now maybe that's why she doesn't like it if it if the only reason is that she just doesn't like it I agree. I kind of think it's not your place, though. I think that one of the most important things that you can do for a child, whether it's your child or anyone else's child, is provide them with an education. And while I don't think that the child should just up and quit because she doesn't want to do something anymore. So if, like Nicole said, if the reason is she just doesn't want to do it, then I don't think that's acceptable. Like, this is your first lesson maybe in adulting, you know. When we don't want to do things, sometimes we have to do them because that's what adult life is like, right? And everything is not always going to be easy or go your way if that's the case, right? But if that's not the case and there's a reason why she's quitting, I don't I don't think that you should tell your husband not to pay for her college education. I say tread lightly here, right? Because you don't want to be the person that tells your husband or is not supportive of your husband supporting his daughter's education you don't want to be that person that's not cool and yeah no it's not about buying a bag like nicole said it's about making sure that this child has a good education you said you know they they're smart you don't really have any problems out of them it seems like there's something else here because if if you don't have any problems out of them and they're smart young ladies and they're you know there's never been anything like this before maybe you do need to figure out what's going on maybe it is more to the story i mean the fact that she quit and didn't say anything you know until after she quit leads me to believe that it might be a little bit more to the story so Tread lightly, tread lightly with your husband and just keep the the lines of communication open and whatever decision it is that he makes, you just have to make sure that you're comfortable with that. Because if he if he decides to, you know, tell her she has to pay for her own education, then great. If she he decides to pay for it, then great. You have to be comfortable with whatever decision it is that your husband makes, because ultimately that's his child and that's his responsibility to make sure that he, you know, gives her as many tools as he possibly can in order for her to succeed. I agree. I'm going to add just one little tidbit. One, yes, let's make sure that she's doing it, not for selfish reasons, but because it's really a reason, meaning something is going on. And if that's the case, I agree. But shout outs to your husband for just being able to be like, ah, I'm going to just drop this, you know, 50, 60K a year. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to pay cash. Shout out to the husband. 
word because let me tell you fifty six thousand dollars wasn't paying no yeah uh-uh, I got hello loans. hello <laughs> but here's the thing like I said it doesn't seem like they're in like financial straits or anything so I just say tread lightly because you don't want to cause a rift between you and your husband unnecessarily it might just be something that you're not really as comfortable with but is it really going to affect your marriage if he pays, like if y'all are going to be out in the streets, if he paying this tuition, that's something that's different. different. But yeah, if he's yeah. just, I assume that he's, you're not going to be out on the streets if he's paying the tuition because he willingly volunteered. Girl, this might just be one you got to take on the chin. Okay. Sorry. Just saying. Yeah. All right, Janine. What did you learn new this week? Okay. So I learned a couple of things. So one, there's a nonprofit called Step Family Foundation and they, you know, like help people that are dealing with step parenting situations. Right. Um, But they say that apparently about 1300 new step families are formed each day. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Um, And then 40% of married couples with children are step couples. That's awesome. What did you learn new this week? All right. So you brought the happy facts. I'm bringing the real facts. So let's talk about the marriages that end in divorce. Okay. So you have 40, 40% of marriages are step couples, got extra children involved in there, but 41% of first time marriages do end a divorce. Meaning even if you got your own children and no extra children involved, 41% 41% are going to end a divorce. 60% of your second marriage is also in a divorce. So if you're thinking you're getting rid of your mate to get you a new mate, that's going to be better. Uh-uh. 60% divorce rate second time around. Mm-hmm. And then if you are a blended family, 70% of marriages with blended families end in divorce. Okay. So wow. that's a, that's a high like number. That. Right. But here are some tips for couples with stepchildren to protect their marriages. So there are nine of them, and I'll be quick with it. Number one, set a positive tone. So acknowledge what is good about your stepchildren and your mate, and don't acknowledge flaws that have already been addressed. Number two, recognize that success is measured by one experience at a time. So you're going to apply every experience that's good. Don't let them, like, don't go back to, you know, last week you did X, Y, and Z. Nope, one experience at a time, okay? Three, protect time for your marriage. So even if you have children, make sure you stay, you have date night, you have time that's just for you, not you and your child or your stepchild, not your husband or your spouse and their children, just the two of you, okay? You may have to hire a sitter for that, that's okay. Number four, Keep affection and intimacy alive. So make sure that you are kissing each other. Make sure that you are checking to make sure you have intimate sex time with your mate. That's important to make sure the marriage stays spicy. Number five, give each other the benefit of the doubt. Make sure you realize that y'all are not opponents. Y'all are on the same page and on the same team. So give each other the benefit of the doubt and know that y'all playing for the same team. Number six, Talk about co-parenting, how you can add to the parental unit, okay? Not your children, my children, our children with co-parenting. Number seven, don't complain about your stepkids or your spouse's parenting. Empathize with your spouse's struggle and provide a sounding board. Number eight, respect the importance of protected alone time for the natural parents and their children. So that means that, If you're going to, if there's a graduation, you may not go. 
you may have to work, but ex- expect that the other parent will go and encourage the other parent to be a part of these uh, these milestones. And number nine, take good care of your own personal health. So while they're doing their co-parent time, you go get your hair and your nails done, make sure you're exercising and working out to keep your own sanity and mental health healthy. Okay, so you want to make sure that you are uh, going to have your wellness intact so you're not stressed out by everything that's going on. So those are my tips that I've learned. I love them. I think that that I think that that applies even if you aren't a step parent, you know. Me too. I mean, I think this applies to life. It does. All right. So our motivational moment for the week, a step parent is so much more than just a parent. They made the choice to love when they didn't have to. So take a second to acknowledge yourself if that's you or take a second to acknowledge your spouse if that's your spouse that stepped up and do something special to celebrate this very fact today and every day. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.